This is Big Dreams, Bold Moves, the podcast inspiring families like yours to discover endless possibilities for living abroad, because life is too short to settle. I'm Malia, and I will be your host as we travel around the world speaking with experienced expats and experts. We're going to learn how to get visas, make money, and find jobs abroad. We'll get a behind-the-scenes look at what everyday life with kids is really like in different countries and get you the answers you need to go from daydreaming to international move-making. Now, let's get on our way. Ciao! Today we'll be traveling to Italy. But before we do, I just wanted to remind you to head over to the show notes and click the link to get updates. By doing so, you'll be signing up to receive emails from me, and I'll let you know what guests I've got in mind for upcoming shows. You can send me back any questions you have, and I'll try to work them into my interview. Okay, now today, we are going to be traveling to Italy to meet Stacy. Stacy is paying for her family's two-year sabbatical by teaching English online. She shares how you can do the same And she's got some really fun wisdom for families that might be struggling to get into the adventure mindset. Hi, Stacey. Welcome to Big Dreams, Bold Moves. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. So you are in Italy. Yes, we've been here for about eight months. Are you just pinching yourself every day? Um... Not in the way that I think other people imagine I am, but yeah, it, it is, it's been exciting. And what part of Italy are you in? We are in a very, very small town along the Adriatic coast. Um, the next big town to us is Ascoli Piscino or San Benedetto. Those are the, the big towns near us. Okay. So is that close to Croatia? Yes. Yeah. It's across the across the sea from Croatia. We're on that side. Okay. And I don't imagine that there are a ton of other expats or English speakers there. Is that right? Not in, not in our town. No. Um, I am fortunate that in my husband's family, there is one other expat. So that's been really exciting and, and beneficial for me. Um, but no, there are, I don't believe there are any other English speakers in our small town. What an adventure. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Um, and where did you move from? We moved from Oxford, Mississippi. So an SEC college town to the side of a mountain in Italy. All right. (laughs) Huge change culturally, especially. Yes. Yeah. Well, it was, it's interesting because my husband is Italian. So he moved from this tiny town to Rome and then from Rome to basically what is a small college town in Mississippi. And then we moved from Mississippi back to a much, much smaller town in Italy. And um, so what was life like for you guys in the U.S.? You lived there with your son. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, it 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 was. Um, let me tell you a little story. Let me okay. tell you a little story. Please do. <laughs> tell me a story. And uh, our son was born in 2014, and that was awesome. Immediately after he was born, I began working for a Montessori school in our town, which I loved, and I brought Nico to to work with me, and that was awesome, and and it was a great experience for us. And then 
right as the school year was ending, Marco received a job offer to work at a very nice restaurant um, as a pizziolo in, in our town. And he was very excited. He, he enjoyed his experience. It was awesome, but it was a lot of work. And, oh, sorry. and that was the town in the U.S. in Mississippi yeah. or the town? Okay. In Mississippi. Um, it's a pretty, it's a pretty famous restaurant um, now, but it was, it was just starting at the time and it was, it was a very big deal and it required a lot of his time and effort. And our family did that for two years. I left the Montessori school and stayed home with Nico. Um, I've been a doula since Nico was born. So I was a birth um, a labor coach and a childbirth educator. I did that from home with Nico and, or I, you know, would go to births obviously at the hospital, but, but I stayed home with Nico and Marco worked at the, um, at the restaurant and right about the two year mark of that process, we realized that we needed a change. We had, we were living on in, in town, but we had an urban farm. We grew about 2000 pounds of produce a year in our front and backyard in town. We had chickens, we had rabbits, we had gardens. We, Marco was working 60 plus hours a week at the restaurant. I was attending births at all hours of the night. And we were, we, I say homeschooling Nico, but he wasn't old enough to go to school, right? He, we just weren't taking him to daycare. And it was a lot. Um, it was a whole, whole lot. And so, in March of 2018, Marco left the restaurant. He decided he needed a break and he needed to sort of redecide what he wanted to do. Um, and I decided that I would go back to work. I enjoy working. I like the projects and the, the doing of things. And so I decided I would go back to work. And I basically started to apply to any job that I could find. And this process lasted about six months, maybe, maybe a little less than six months. And in the end of May, beginning of June of last year, Marco said, what do you think if one day, maybe in the next year, we move to Italy, we moved back in with my mom, with his mom, and, and we just did that for a while. And I looked at him and said, do you think we could do that in like the next three months? <laughs> How about tomorrow? Yeah, <laughs> well... Because, you know, we were, we were living off savings. We didn't really have a plan as far as like what job I would be getting or what we would be doing. And so it was, you know, why not? Right. Why not? And 85 days later, we touched down in Rome. The end. <laughs> and um, when you had met him and stuff, had you ever considered that you would move and move with your family to Italy? Not necessarily. No, we, we have visited several times. We tried to come back for about a month every year. Mm -hmm. Um, but Marco made it very clear that there were reasons he left Italy. Um, not necessarily bad reasons, but you know, he left, he left because he wanted something different and he came to America and he met this really cute girl yeah. and they had a baby. And so he, no, we had no intentions of coming back for longer than a month or two at a time. Okay. Um, well, here you are. Game on. Yeah. And then, then we did. Yeah. <laughs> so you touched down. What did you have to do to get ready to go from leaving an enormous urban farm uh, with all that produce? How did yeah. you pack up that life? And then how did you prepare for your next life? What did you have to, I guess, first of all, 
What'd you do with that farm? Well, it, it's, it, we, it's in the middle of town. It's not even a farm farm. We live like in a regular neighborhood. Um, and so step one, but when we, Marco said, what if, you know, what do you think about moving? And I said, what about you think about moving in 90 days? Number one, before we even told anyone was we reached out to some friends of ours and we said, what would you think about renting our house for two years? Um, and they, they were on, they were, they were interested. And so that was really what made us think, okay, let's, let's do this. Okay. And then were you able to keep your things in storage or did you sell a bunch? We sold basically everything that we could touch over the next, um, two and a half months or so. We have about a dozen boxes in the attic, um, that we at the time thought we really needed to keep. And even now I'm thinking like, huh, we could have totally gotten rid of that box or I'm not going to need anything in that box. But we, we have about a dozen boxes in the attic, um, that we kept, but everything else we sold. I think that, um, a lot of people do that. We did the same thing. And I think that's something for people to consider is, do you really need this or will you ever need this again? Because we had a storage unit show up of our stuff that had been in the U.S. for a few years. And we had it brought over to Germany a couple years ago when my son was a few weeks old, which was cool. And all this junk shows up and we're like, why have we been paying to store this for years? And now we've shipped it here. And now what are we going to, it's just like, you know. Some of it's sentimental, but I bet 75% of it we don't need to have. Yes. And, and for us, so our plan for, for our time here is we, ha- we get basically gave ourselves two years. We, our plan coming in was very limited. We planned to come to Italy, spend two years, and, and then figure out what we wanted to do. Basically, the goal of this was in in april may june of 2018 we realized that we were not on the track we wanted to be on this was not the life we wanted to lead and so we looked at each other and said what do we want what what do you want and so and we didn't know we didn't have a solid answer we sort of had gotten stuck with this stuff you know we we were i love 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 our house and it was it was a house that I had picked out years before I even met Marco and said, I'm going to live in that house one day. And, and we did, which was, you know, it was all these dreams come true, but, but we were stuck there. You know, we had to have a job that paid this much money within this many mile radius, you know, that, that required this many number of hours to live there. And, and we'd gotten sort of stuck in this, this rat race. And so we looked at every, every single item in our house and said, does not necessarily, does this give me joy, but this lead the life I want to lead. And the life we wanted to lead was not closets full of Christmas decorations. Right. You know, it was, it was bigger. We wanted not even, not necessarily better, but just freedom. Different. Yeah. We, we wanted something different at this time in our lives. Mm-hmm. Nico's not old enough to be required to go to school anywhere, which is sort of one of the reasons we pushed our timeline so far ahead, once he gets a little bit older, he'll have to do something in somewhere. Right. Right. Um, and, and, and now is the time. Why not now? Right. Why not now? Great. Yeah. Why not? Now? 
Um, and so what did you have to, ha- what did you f- need to get in place over in Italy before you left? You said you had a place to stay if you needed it, which was his parents' house. What, what else did you need in, to have in place? Um, that was about all we had in place when we landed. <laughs> that was about it. Um, so Marco is an Italian citizen and therefore needed nothing to be able to come back home. Nico is an Italian citizen because his father is, and we needed to register his birth and our marriage and, and all of that kind of stuff in Italy. Um, so we had, you know, paperwork, like his birth certificate and our marriage license and all that kind of stuff that we had to take to the, the town hall basically and, and register. And then I had to get what's called a permesso di soggiorno, which is basically permission, permission to live and work here. Okay. So you were able to do that once you were there. You didn't have to do that outside the country. Right. Yeah. And in fact, you are required to do it within seven days of landing. So it was sort of like get off the plane and go to town hall with Marco's mom um, because that was how we got our residency. Yeah. If you, if you were to sign a lease, you could take your lease, but we didn't, ha- we didn't have a lease. We had to take her person and she had to sign and say, yes, I know they're living with me. So you land in Rome yes. and then what do you do? Um, and then it was sort of like vacation, you know, we, Nico kind of like automatically knew where his bed was and like where his suitcase goes. Um, so it took a while for it to feel like not vacation for us. Um, it took about two months of, of insisting that I wash my own laundry and no, no, we can go to the grocery store and, and like, intentionally making things happen that made it feel like home. Um, We had a lot of family meetings about, you know, what feels like home and what feels like vacation Uh and how do we make this feel like home? What have you done to make it feel more like a home? Like how was it setting up healthcare, things like that? Does Nico go to school? He does not. Um, he has the option to go to school and we were thinking about putting him in next September. This first, this first basically year, we, we've done a lot of traveling and we looked at what we wanted to do and weighed that against putting him in school and whether it was worth like putting him in and then pulling him out and then putting him in and, you know, would that be more beneficial to him or not? Um, because one of the reasons we came was that he could have this really strong connection with his nonna, mm-hmm. that he could know his Italian family and know the country and know, you know, know the recipes and the foods and the, the plants that are outside. And we weren't sure he would necessarily get those things if he was going to school five or six days a week. And so we, he stays home with me and with nonna and Marco, Marco, who's here, um, and, and that has been, has been wonderful. He has really, really bonded with her and with Marco's brother who also lives on the third floor of this, of this house. Um, and, and, you know, he's outside every day and he knows the plants and he knows the, the neighbors and he knows all the animals. Um, so that's been really fun, but we go into get healthcare was easy because Nico's an Italian citizen and because I'm the mother of an Italian citizen, we went to the healthcare office, basically filled out some forms and, and got that taken care of. 
mostly it has just been a matter of like hurry up and wait. You know, you hurry up and fill out these forms and then you give them to the person and then they mail you something back. And then you take that form and you hurry up and get it to the next person. You know, it's, it's been this like step one and then wait and then step two and then wait. I guess a huge blessing probably for you guys is that you have native Italian speakers. So you're getting those forms and you actually can figure out what to do with them. Absolutely. Yes. In fact, I was thinking about, you know, when, when, before the interview, I was thinking about would we have been able to do this without being a native speaker? And the answer is probably yes, probably yes, but it would have been much, much more challenging because Marco can just ask the question that I am trying to translate in my head, mm-hmm. you know, by the time, by the time he's already asked it, he's gotten an answer and, and we're able to just move on. Right. And then you're, um, do you also speak Italian? Are you learning Italian? I am learning Italian. I can speak enough to, um, you know, to buy things at the grocery store or to tell people that Nico is fine. He, he has my permission to be in the tree. Uh, or or whatever, but um, as far as dealing with offices and getting birth certificate copies and those kinds of things, I'm I'm still working on that. And how has the language barrier been for you, like in terms of having a social life? It has definitely been challenging, um, and also compounded with the fact that we live in a small town, right? There, the population in this town, in particular, is a little bit older. Um, a little more traditional than than our expat family, so that has been a barrier. But overall, I think it's been it's been positive. It has really stretched me and made me um, work harder, which is I'm okay with. I, I knew coming into this experience that it would be an, a learning experience. That's why we came. We didn't go somewhere that we wanted to be super easy. We wanted to go somewhere that would challenge us. And I have accepted that challenge. So here we are. (laughs) And you said you're eight months into it? Yes, we are eight months into more or less a two-year process. Okay. And uh, you've been able to do some travel? Yes, we have been to London and a few other places in England. We just went to Germany. We are planning a trip to Croatia and to France. Um, And we're hoping to meet with some friends in Spain shortly. And so you're able, I know Italy has a lower cost of living um, and you're able to stay with family, but how are you supporting yourselves financially? That That's a great question, which we didn't have a plan for when we touched down. <laughs> um, about two months after we arrived, a friend of mine called and said, I know you're looking for work. I've been doing this thing. I think you'd be really interested. And it was and is teaching for VIP kid. I, she teaches English online. I teach English online now, and it has been amazing. I absolutely love it. It is all online, so I can do it from anywhere. We, we did it from London, and I did it in Germany a little bit as well. And um, basically, I talk to students in China in 25-minute blocks and help them learn English from a native English speaker. Okay. And uh, who else can do that? Do you have to be, like, what do your qualifications need to be? Okay. You have to be a native English speaker. You have to be eligible to work in either the U.S. or Canada. 
and you have to have one year's teaching experience. And that can be tutoring, soccer coaching, Sunday school, homeschooling, anything that, that gives you experience working with kids and, and sort of leading them in, in a lesson. Okay. And so you have to be eligible for work there, but you don't actually have to be residing in the U.S. or Canada. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm in Italy doing it. I've never taught in the U.S. Okay. That's awesome. I think that uh, there are a lot of people that could take advantage of that program. Um, Cool. So what is the application process like? They just updated it. So it's brand new, like three days. You do a, you apply. You fill out a form, basically. It's, you know, your name, your citizenship, where you can work, that type of thing. And you do it all on your phone. Um, And then there's a quick interview where they can hear you speak. They can make sure you're a real person, that you really can speak English. And then there are a couple of trial lessons where they basically, because all the lessons are pre-made, you teach the, the basic PowerPoint slides that they give you. They sort of show you what that looks like. So they give you a practice lesson. You teach it for a grown-up who's pretending to be six years old. And they sort of walk you through how this process works. Then they give you another set of slides and you do that more independently where you look at the slides, you create props or things that you will use to teach those words, teach those concepts based on the age that you want to teach because it goes all the way from like three years old to like 15 years old. So you sort of pick, you know, do you want littles or do you want biggers or somewhere in the middle? And you pick the lesson, you create the the style of teaching that you want to teach in and the age range. And then you do another, what they call a mock interview where you pretend like you're teaching someone who is actually a grown up. And what is, what are the minimum amount of hours that you can do that for? up to, I think it is 128 classes a week or something unreal if you just, because the classes are 25 minutes long, so it's two classes an hour, more or less. Um, You can, you can teach as little or as much as you want to. You, you know, when we travel, like our travel days, I don't teach at all, right? I don't have to teach. I just, in fact, I just took nine days off. I took nine entire days off to after while we went to Germany sort of when we came back from Germany um, you know if you are a real live teacher and you don't want to teach during the school year and you only want to teach during the summer totally fine totally fine Um, you know you can you can create and do whatever you want to however you want to super flexible absolutely and you're not having to create the curriculum they have curriculum that they provide Yes, I show up and teach what is taught to me. What I provide is my delightful personality, Uh my native English tongue, and then I have things that I use to teach the lessons. For example, I just taught, you know, mammals and reptiles. So I have a small giraffe toy and an alligator toy to help them solidify those words. Okay. You're going to give me a link, right, that I can put in the show notes? Absolutely. And then a way for people to contact you if they have questions about it? Yes, because if you can totally sign up independently, you know, if you want to apply and do those things on your own, you are more than welcome to. But if you use a teacher's link, then that teacher can see your process. So if you connect with a teacher who is already teaching, that teacher can see your application 
and can give you personalized feedback. So if you have questions or if something happens during your interview that you know, you, later you think, oh, I, I wish I had more questions, or if your interviewer says you need a few more points to move on to the next level, your affiliated teacher can watch your videos, can see you do all of those things and give you personalized feedback that maybe a, maybe an interviewer would not give you. Um, and so I could say things like, oh, you need a teacher Stacy sign, or maybe your props need to be bigger, or you need to speak more slowly because I have more time to give than your interview time. I can help you with that process in a personalized one-on-one -on -one way. And if someone goes to you, goes through you and you give them some of that coaching, then are they able to like reapply or? Yes. Yes. Once you get the first yes for experience, ability to teach in America or Canada and native English speaker, if you get a yes, then you will get hired. It is just a matter of how many times you really need to do that interview. And so having an affiliate teacher who can help you the first go around makes it that process much, much easier, makes you much more appealing and makes it, um, definitely makes it a smoother transition. Okay, Absolutely. cool. That's awesome. So you're not just floundering out there alone, wondering what you're yeah, doing wondering wrong. What happened. Yeah, what happens? <laughs> why is this not yeah, working? I, cool. Yes. So that's able to um, support your fun new lifestyle of traveling Europe and living in Italy. Yes. And, and build our savings. We, we work, I work less than 20 hours a week and we are able to make that, make that happen. That's awesome. So <laughs> yeah. this time in Italy sounds like it's been a real chance for your family to sort of reset and just reevaluate and take the time to discover what's important to you and decide how you want to move forward in this big world. Absolutely. In fact, it took us about six months, but we came up with the, the term family sabbatical, which turns out is a total thing that we didn't realize was a thing, but that is definitely what we are on. We knew coming into this that we would be uncomfortable in different ways, language barriers, new foods, for Nico, a different bed. Um, and so we knew that would be a challenge and we sort of walked into that thinking, okay, what is important to us? This is a different lifestyle, a different size town, a different culture. What are things that we like? What are things that we don't like? What are things that we miss? You don't know what you don't know until you learn it. And we have really learned that you know, sidewalks are really important to our family. We take a family walk every single day to make our, or else we are less likely to have a great day. And, you know, so somewhere living somewhere with sidewalks is important. Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> um, things like it is really important for me to be involved in the making of our meals and buying of groceries. I did that sort of out of habit in the U.S., but it turns out it's really important to me. And it's something that means a lot to me as a supporter of our family. Um, having pets. We had several pets back in America that we sort of put into different friends and families homes while we were away. And it, it is very, very important to us to get back to those pets and to have pets. And we knew that they were important to us, but we did not know that it would be 
so gut-wrenching to, <laughs> to leave them. And so, you know, yes, we are definitely going to reunite with them once this process is over um, and, and, and sort of just look at what is important. You know, where, where are we in the, in the scale of things? And it's so good to know that you can do this. You know, even if you want to go back for a time, you can take these sabbaticals when you need them. You don't have to get stuck. Yes, right. And I've done something that's really hard. Now we're like, oh, we could totally, yes, let's climb Mount Everest. Oh, yes, we could totally do whatever. You know, that, that doing a thing that's really hard and selling everything and picking up and moving and leaving home suddenly makes everything else so doable, so doable. In fact, one of the first things we did when we moved here was every person in our family made a list of 100 goals. We were inspired by, um, on Instagram, we live on a bus and they have a, a hundred goals each and we made a hundred goals and suddenly those goals are attainable. Even if they were, you know, even if eight months ago me thought, oh, I would never be able to, to read a thousand books in the next few years or, you know, Nico visit five countries before he's five. Like, Oh, how are we going to make this work? Suddenly it's like, we just do it. You go out there and you, you do the work and you do it. You find a way. Yeah. Something will happen. That's our new family motto. Something will happen. Good, bad, otherwise. Yeah. Will happen. So after eight months, how has the plan changed? Are you still thinking you'll make it the full two years or what's, what's next for you guys as of today? Uh, we have no idea. We, our, our plan is next February, we're going to go back to the States and visit some places that we think we might want to live. Um, we, we definitely know that going back to our house is an option. So we don't necessarily have to investigate that further, but there are a few other places we thought we might want to live or we might want to explore or do. So we'll spend a month next year sort of figuring that out. And that's about as far as we've gotten. (laughs) I'm going to keep teaching with VIP kid. I love this job. I love something that's freedom within limits. Um, something I can sink my teeth into and that can be mine in a native language for me. This is my time. And, um, outside of that, we we're going to sort of figure out what happens. Awesome. And you have a husband that is a pizza YOLO. Is that the right word? Yes. yes that he, he developed a pizza program for the restaurant where he was working. So you've got authentic pizza. You've got the freedom of VIP kids and the confidence of knowing that you can go anywhere and do anything. Yes. 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 Cool. Well, thank you so much for talking to us today. Really quick. One last thing. Uh, do you have any advice for someone that might be considering shaking up uh, their life for a few years, leaving their own home and traveling, traveling abroad extensively or moving abroad? I would say just do it. Just do it because you can always go back. And that's what we've always told ourselves. If we get over there and we hate it, you can always move somewhere else. You're not a tree. If you don't like where you are, get up and move. And what helped us, I think, during the process of the move, the question we kept asking ourselves or the the thing we kept doing that sort of helped us move along every time we would find a stumbling block 
is I would pretend that I was writing our son Nico a letter. And I would say things like, dear Nico, when you were little, we almost moved to Italy, but I didn't know what to do with our brand new king size bed. And so we didn't. Love mom. <laughs> you know, that, <laughs> and that was sort that of- That puts it in perspective. perspective. Yeah. yeah. Like, dear Nico, we, one time we almost went on a worldwide, worldwide adventure, but I did not know how to dress for winter. And so we didn't love mom. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So the, these fears sort of like, oh, well, I can learn how to wear layers. I mean, I'm from the deep South. I've managed, right? This is and, a today problem, but it's not a yeah. lifetime problem. Yeah, this is, this is inconvenient or this is hard, but, but we can, we can find something to do with, with whatever this yeah. problem is, you know? You can learn. Yeah, we, I can learn. And that's what I want him to do, right? Like at the end of the day, that's what I want our son to know is that, oh, I could have done this big, awesome thing, but I only had two pairs of shoes. You could have done this big, awesome thing, but it was just safer to just stay put and do what you'd have always done. That's boring. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and solvable. Yeah. Totally solvable. If you are uncomfortable, if you're uncomfortable in a, if we go somewhere, like let's say we went to a city that we, you know, we planned this big trip and then we didn't like it. You leave, you find a different hotel. You, you know, you drive to the next town. Like that, that's what life is like. Yeah. You know, you go, to, you go to Disney world and it rains. You either decide to go play in the rain or you stay in your hotel room. Like things happen. And, and you have to learn sort of how to change and adapt and, and why not do it somewhere where it is always sunshiny and there's pizza all the time and wine flows like, like a river. Why not do it here? Yes. Such a great question. Why not? And don't you just love that idea about writing the letter to her son? If today's episode made you as hungry for pizza and adventure as it made me, please be sure to leave some stars and a review. And please don't forget to subscribe. And thank you for hanging out with me today. Until next time, keep dreaming those big dreams and scheming bold moves.